folks took the walk or your parents, whoever was took What up, what up, what up, what up? Roller Gender fans and listeners. This is Keith Lundy coming at you again for another episode. This episode is going to be kind of interesting. This episode is about myth, myth and mis, misconceptions about breeding and flying Birmingham roller pigeons. As you know, we all know there are many misconceptions, there are many myths, wives' tales. Some of them I heard might be a little true, some have some truth to them, but some of them are just don't make sense. But some do hold do hold their weight, some. And some depends on different circumstances. Um, I'm not here to pull your tail or, 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 or try to psych you out, just trying to tell you some, some things to think about. Everything I tell you guys is something for you to think about so you think a di- little different the way you've been thinking and what people are always telling you to do. First of all, when it comes to myths and misconceptions, what you got to do is beware of the messenger. That's one of the most important things. Look who's telling you this. When somebody tell you something, look who it is that's telling you what they're telling you. Ask yourself sometimes this, hmm, is he really qualified to give me advice? They're going to say, hmm, he telling me how to do this, but yet he's never done it himself. So it can't be successful, but he has no proof to say it's successful that nobody can see. Um, and question it sometimes. They, actually, they say something, say, why do you think that is? Or why is that? Or why do you think that? And let them tell you some stuff, and then you evaluate what they say, and it's up to you to, to, to believe them or not, but get a few different ideas. And you will ask somebody, when you question it and trying to do research about it, they said, don't go say so-and-so said. Go say, what do you think about blank, blank, blank? Oh, did you hear about blank, blank, blank? What do you think about that? And they say, well, the next flyers that are known to fly or breed good birds. Not somebody that just got some good birds from somebody else but never done nothing with them or flown or anything. This somebody that's used to, it's, it's known for flying and breeding good birds. Ask them a question. Just get their pain, get a feel pain sometimes. But <clears throat> back to the thing, myth, myths and misconceptions about breeding and flying water pigeons. Number one myth. Paralyzed birds fly higher and stronger. They can, depending on how they were cultivated. It all depends on who the breeder was and what he thought about the birds and stuff like that. But just because they paralyzed don't mean they're going to fly higher and stronger. Paralyzed don't make no bird fly high, don't make the bird fly strong. It's all about the breeder who developed the family. So with that being said, the answer is really no. Are paralyzed birds hotter? Not necessarily. Once again, depending on the breeder and what he put in them. Um, so you got to know the breeder too. So because our bird eyes are pearl, don't make them hot. People say the pearlite birds spin better than the orange eye birds. No. No. That's, that's not true. No color eye spin no better than the next color eye. That's a myth. And people spread that myth and then it becomes a misconception that people think this. No. Um, okay, are pearlite birds stronger? 
it can be, but just like orange and birds can be just as strong. Depending on the breeder, like I said, depending on what you put on, you gotta understand the breed, the breeder, and the person you got it from, and how you how you build them yourself. When you breed your own birds, you can answer answer your own questions. Are the questions you ask people about your bird about birds? Sometimes you didn't already got the answer in your law or in your back backyard. You already did the, did the work. And you know the answer already. You're seeking to see if somebody agree with you. Okay. Another thing. Hmm. Are orange eye birds the hotter pigeon? Once again, no. It's not eyes. Eyes don't make birds hot. Only color eyes I've seen hot is yellow eye birds. That's the only color eyes I've seen showing any difference in heat. Um, I won't say they're always hotter, but I don't, re- I don't really rely on them. But if I get one that is decent, I've never made two yellow eye birds together. A yellow eye bird has to go to an orange eye bird or a pearl eye bird. Just, just I try and they've seen the work, but it's all about the bird itself, not his eyes. Are bull eye birds hot? Do bull eye birds throw roll downs? Every color eye roll down. Where it's pearl, where it's orange, where it's yellow, where it's bull. Only other only color eye I haven't seen roll down is that brown looking gravelated eye. It's like a brown eye. Um, it's, it's like a, 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 a dirty pearl eye. I've never seen, no, I've never really seen too many of those that were really, really, really good. Not to, I've seen some, but not a lot, not a high percentage. They've seen those, some of those been some of the most stable birds, if I had to guess. Go by what I've seen. I ain't gonna say I guess, but go by what I've seen. Those been some of the most stable birds. But, okay, that's all I can say about the eye for right now. I'm gonna jump to, um, Some flying stuff, some flying things. So let's go to kits. Somebody said, ask me, do you need to starve your birds to get them to roll? If you if you gotta starve the birds to get them to roll, you breed them wrong or you got the wrong birds. Period. They do need to stay on the hungry side, not hungry, but you don't want them full on the fly day. You don't want them full unless you bred and cultivate your birds to do that. Then, or you train them to do it, be that way, then so be it. That's another myth. You, you don't have to be starved to get them a roll. If they do, they don't need to be fed up either. Um, somebody asked me today, should you take the water away? No, ask me, when do I take the water away? If I fly in the morning, I say, um, I never took my water away from my pigeons because the pigeons won't wake up drinking water. They usually drink the evening before or after you feed them. And they don't drink again really too much unless it's hot until after you fed them again. Let me ask you a question. If you're an athlete, any sport that, would, that requires you to exert yourself physically, and you'll coat the water from the day before, do you know what would happen when you try to start playing? First of all, your body won't be hydrated, so the oxygen flow won't, be, won't, won't flow through your body, right? And that'll lead to cramps and you'll get heat exhaustion or you just get hot or you get just get over over exhausted period and your your body will start shutting down until you get to hydrated so why would you actual pigeons to do it um so i never took the water away some people say take the water away i've never done it it didn't matter okay hmm what's the next one about flying let me see 
You got to break them down before a fly. It depends. If your birds are flying too high, you, you want to try to get your birds right before the fly to get down to flying between 19 and 25 minutes. You try and get your birds to do the most work in the least amount of time. If it takes your birds 30, 40 minutes to do 20 breaks, now try to figure out if you get the birds to do 20 breaks in 20 minutes instead of 30, 40 minutes. That's the idea, to get as many breaks as possible or the biggest breaks as possible in the shortest amount of time. But they gotta be, it gotta be, it gotta be 15 minutes lower. So, so you don't have to break them down, but some birds get broke down because they're too strong. That's why you break them down. I see you have to break them down with wheat. Wheat is a good, something good because what it, wheat does is, it is a carbohydrate and it breaks the birds down and it gets the fat off of them. If they don't need it, they don't need it. Some birds are a little stronger physically. That's where they bred, so they, they people use wheat more. Um, people use that to get them to fly low, so they, so they stay in their face, so they don't sky out. You know, different reasons. But do you have to do it? No. Everything in your birds, if you want to fix anything in your birds, always fix it within, within your breeding loft. All your problems are fixed within your breeding loft. Okay. You need to have a close-knit family for them to roll together. Once again, you don't have to have a close-knit family. All you gotta do is select birds with the same traits and the same responses to to, um, to feed and and or um, the stimulus to break, the, the, the propensity to roll. You don't need to have a close-knit family, but it helps if they're close-knit because you can select for all the same traits. If it's the same family, it's easier, that's all. It's a little easier for the same family. You got a different family, they might roll it just as frequent, but they might be triggered, might take different triggers to trigger them. So that's why they don't really go to, go so well together. But they because they're so frequent, you're gonna get breaks. So that's all you miss. Broke down pretty much. I can tell you any more. You let me know. You know how to do it. Hit me up. 323-762-3909 is my cell phone number. You can take that number. You can send me an email, no, send me a voicemail or a text message. Either one. I'll figure out a way to respond to either one. If on my email, it's author, as A-U-T-H-O-R-K-L dot London at gmail.com. You can hit me on there too. But then we're going to go into some, some base other stuff now. When I say, when I tell you guys to watch the, the messenger, because sometimes people will tell you stuff because that's what they heard from somebody else and they heard from somebody else and that person heard from somebody else and nobody never tested to see if it actually worked. Sometimes people will give you some good information like that. Sometimes. Sometimes test it out. I mean, I want to test it out right before a fly. I'll test it out during a season. Like this year, you can have all the time in the world test out all these different myths. Test them out, whatever you want to test out. But I will, I will try to figure out a program that works for you. Figure out what works. And, and go from there. And make it a lot easier. But I'm going to pause right now and be right back. Okay, we back, we back, we back. Um, I'm going to change things up a little bit. I'm going to go into something right now. I've been thinking about this for a while. I've been having a conversation about this with a few people. 
um, is showbirds versus competition rollers. This now this right is all my opinion. When it comes to those show showbirds shows. Showbirds should be the phenotypical representation of the flying performing roller. That's what a showbird should be. Whatever the show whatever the showbirds whatever the show, that should be the physical representation of the flying Birmingham roller on the ground. That's how I see it. And when I judge, that's how I try to pick them. If I'm picking young birds, I'm trying to pick them, I'm going to the birds, see which ones I feel are, are the best representation of the, the performing Birmingham roller birds. Yes, that's how I pick them. And it, it does help for them to be in good shape, um, clean, and, that, and all that stuff, but it's, I'm looking for the fit, best physical representation of the Birmingham roller on the ground. It should represent, it should be the physical. So when you see a bird in the air when it comes down, it's not gonna look the same, look as good as it would look if it was stocked. Of course not. It's going through, it's going through, going through it. It's, the mold is different, the feed level is different. It's flying, it's rolling, it's exhausted, feathers are broken, and all that kind of stuff. First of all, when it's ready for a show, they groomed, they bathed, they fed well, and so on. But the showbird should be the phenotypical representation of the flying, performing Birmingham roller on the ground. That's what it should be. The breeders should be the best birds of snake. They can produce the best flying rollers. They're the best physical representation of a breeder. That's that's it. That's that's the difference. Now the birds that have been selected for the last few years having birds that look a certain way, but it's not, some of the birds are selected are not the true rolling type. If, if you took half the birds that one shows and put them in the air, you probably, probably get very little performance. Very little. And we're not talking about just roll. We're not talking about just birds that roll. We're talking about everything. Regularity, frequency, quality. Quality mean speed, and style together is quality. So they say, can you have quality without speed? It depends. You can have quality up until a, without a certain level of speed or, or rolling. Now, style. Can you have quality without good style? No. Nope. The style is horrible. I don't care how fast it is. It's not right. And there's a minimum style, which is a high, high X or a low H. Anything from there up is, is pretty much pretty good. To an H to an A. I see why people like the A pattern. The A pattern is could be the best pattern if it's not a wide A. Because they got a wide A too, and they got a tighter A. If this was a, a video, I could show you better or I can show you better, but this is a podcast, so just all, it's all. So we gonna um. So you guys got that right. So we got that down. I'm in this this section right there, and we gonna go to another section in a couple of days.
But that's it for now. Any questions, you know what to do. Hit me up, 323-762-3909. Leave me a text or a voicemail. And leave your name, please. Sometimes people just leave it. I don't know who it is. Leave me a name. So I can put a name by my, I write it down in my book. Or email authorkl.london at gmail.com, which is A-U-T-H-O-R-K-L dot L-O-N-D-O-N at gmail.com. So until next time, peace.